42! Blue, 42! Hut, hut, hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my good friend and professional party clown, Justin Knight. Justin, how you doing? Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there, living the life, you know, same old, same old. It's good. That's all you can ask. Yeah. That's all you can ask. Just uh, had a mm. party the other day that was out, you know, usual business for Saturday. Yep. They call for the uh, party clown, so... Oh, you were invited to this one. Um, As far as I know, I was invited. I mean, they didn't seem to have any kind of (laughs) issue with me being there, so. That's not what an invite is. That's not what an invite is. (laughs) Well, I mean, everybody has a different opinion on an invite, so that's my opinion. If they don't have a problem with me being there, then I guess I was invited. (laughs) Uh, Well, Justin, we have officially reached college football season week zero is this week, Saturday. We have some games, including an SEC football game. If you can believe it, we've made it through the offseason once again, we as we normally it. do. Hmm. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Deshaun Watson suspension, uh, the AP poll that came out, um, much more. But we do have to start out with with some sad news. Um, those of you who listen to WJLX likely know that the station this week, they lost a, a we lost a prominent voice, a good man, and Johnny Elmore. Uh, the longtime voice of Jasper Viking football. He had 42 years in the broadcast booth, 50 in radio. He certainly had an incredible career, known, loved by countless. He will be missed, uh, not just by everyone at WJLX, but throughout the community. So uh, there is a GoFundMe to assist with living or the, with the funeral expenses, that, and that is available on our Facebook page at TGM Pod and linked in the bio if you are uh, listening on a podcast app and feel like and feel like you should donate, you, you're more than welcome to find it there. Um, and we have some some other sad news in college football. Luke Knox, a FIU football player and brother of Buffalo Bills, Dawson Knox, he died at 22 on Wednesday. Uh, they released a statement saying Luke was discovered by friends in his dorm uh, where here on campus in medical distress. Um FIU police was called and, and uh, officers arrived and attempted CPR until rescue arrived and took over. He was transported to a local hospital by Miami County Fire Rescue, and he later died at that hospital. We don't really know what happened yet, but um, they said that it's not believed to be any sort of uh, uh, foul play involved. But still, terrifying and, and terribly sad news. 22, yeah. um, in the prime of his life. That's, that's awful. Um, moving on though trying to get out of such a rut here we've put ourselves in Deshaun Watson is going to serve an 11 game suspension pay a 5 million dollar fine for multiple violations of the league's personal conduct policy and what amounts to one of the most significant penalties in NFL history Justin do you think this is a sufficient punishment Um, yeah I mean I was honestly fine with the 6 games because, like I said, they still, I mean, nothing has been proved, even though 
Watson, he's almost kind of like back and forth at this point. It's like you think he yeah. kind of feels like he's he guilty. Nearly, it seems like he nearly, he nearly admitted guilt almost. Yeah, but then he's like, like, no, I haven't, I didn't do anything. So I yeah. don't really know if he's just crazy, you know, or maybe he really didn't do any of this. He doesn't really know how to handle it because he's just like, it's just a weird situation for him. Or I don't know. It's it's all. I think he's weird. probably getting a lot of. He's probably getting a lot of advice from a lot of different people on how to handle this. Probably. Uh, before a preseason game, I know he said he, he basically said he, he apologized to anyone he had hurt. Yeah, and which then makes he, it yeah, seem like you're guilty. Later. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's and like, so, nope. I, don't know. I mean, they haven't um, proved anything, buddy. You're, you're walking on thin ice here by saying that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, 11 games, $5 million. Uh, the $5 million's nothing to him. 11 games, no. that that's pretty significant, but... uh. Some people saying he needed a full full season out. Um, it's the Browns, probably more of a punishment to make him play. But uh, hmm. but yeah, yeah, I guess we'll we'll find out. We'll see. Eleven games at least uh, is going to be suspended. So uh, Miles Brennan, who was competing for the starting quarterback position at LSU this season, he announced Monday that he would be stepping away from football after five seasons with the Tigers. Uh, Brennan, who is the starter in 2020 before being sidelined with a season-ending injury, he posted a long statement on social media explaining his retirement from football. But here's the interesting. He has multiple NIL deals, and it seems like he probably will get to keep most of those deals, if not all of them, um, and the, the, the payments that come with them uh, because they cannot be performance-based per NCAA rules. Hmm. Now... It's possible that if some of the contracts have a behavior clause that they could try to get him on that. Um, although this isn't bad behavior. This is just he quit the team. You might could still get away with taking away the money that way. But I'd say most of these, are he's going to be able to keep the money, which is which is kind of funny. Yeah, I guess he... Um, I thought he was already done for once he got hurt, and he was... That was his last season anyways, but... Um, I guess he probably had already made up his, his decision then when he got hurt, but then he was like, oh, let me fool everybody into thinking I'll be back this next season, get some deals, and then just peace. Maybe. Or, you know, it could have just been the last-minute decision. He decided, I don't I don't need this right now, you know. I've got uh, millions of dollars now. Either way. <laughs> yeah, either way. Uh, yeah, he's probably going to keep the money, so good for him, I think. I think that's fun. Mm. It is odd, though. Whenever somebody quits this close to the season, that's what I'm saying. It's weird. Um, why does it happen? But why did he wait so long? Yeah. <laughs> Almost tells me that he was waiting yeah. on the deals so he could just be like, "Peace." Mm, maybe. Mm. How about this? Major college football may at some point no longer uh, be a part of the NCAA. This has been something that has been theorized theorized for a while, but it was actually discussed this week in a Zoom meeting between the eleven college presidents. Um, who make up the college football playoffs board of managers. They talked about possibly taking college football away from the NCAA and putting it all under the CFP. They would be the new governing body. Um, now, it seems like this is not something that would happen immediately or anytime necessarily soon, but the fact that they are openly talking about it in public makes me think there might be something in the works here. Yeah, I don't really know how would you make that work because I feel like the NCAA would then cut a lot of either sponsorships or deals that you have. Um, 
Well, this would this would probably completely eliminate their partnership. Yeah, entirely. Um. So yeah, and I think they're okay with it. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what the college they're football to take it over playoff would yeah. lose from that, and what they'd have to uh, adjust or regain um, with whatever the NCAA does on their part. Um. So yeah, I feel like that would be a pretty long process, but yeah, I mean, I guess if they feel like uh, they can make a, a do a better job of governing, you know, governing football rules or coming up with new things um sure i guess um yeah i don't really know <laughs> and i don't really care as long yeah. as yeah, it's done well um i don't i don't i've never liked the ncaa necessarily so i, I don't mind this either the only thing is that i do kind of like that the two are separate the playoffs and the ncaa and that they kind of have to work together, and that way nothing radical changes quickly. So that's what I was saying. Like, but if you I'll, split yeah. from them, what the heck's going to happen, you know, all of a right. sudden? So I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. Um, I don't think this is something that'll happen within the next five years, but I think within the next ten years, it definitely could. And it wouldn't be an all, I don't think it'd be an all-at-once thing, because you'd have certain member schools that would want to stay, certain conferences that would want to stay. Yeah. I think it would be like a slow transition over maybe a decade or two before you got everyone over there. I don't know. Interesting. All right. And also, would they just want football? Would they want other sports? Would they want to become the new NCAA? Would they leave everything else to them? It's yeah. Sounds so like I a guess mess. we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a a logistical headache, but if it's profitable, they'll figure it out. I'm sure. Uh, speaking of the NCAA, officials sent a letter to uh, to its membership schools Thursday uh, noting its enforcement staff pursuit of, quote, potential violations of the name, image, and likeness uh, mm. compensation policy, emphasizing the need for schools to help investigations, basically saying, hey, uh, make sure you turn yourselves in when you break the rules. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're going to do yeah, that. Yeah, they'll do that. 100%. All right. Yeah. Uh, the email came from... Stan Wilcox, NCAA Executive Vice President of Regulatory Affairs, uh, he said, NCAA enforcement staff is actively investigating potential abuses of NIL transactions and will allege any substantiated concerns as soon as possible. We also constantly review new reports of tampering, recruiting, inducements, impermissible benefits, impermissible recruiters, and other related behaviors. This, to me, says is two things. Either one... They don't actually want to look into NIL deals, and so they just send this stuff out as a courtesy, which is very possible. Or two, they're about to crack down, and they're saying, here's your last warning. Make sure these are the things you're not doing, because we're actually going to start looking into this very soon. Yeah, could be. Um, um, yeah. They need to do something about it, because it can get out of yeah. hand real quick, and it already kind of has this past off season with um, you know, the big donor teams making the big money deals. Um, I mean... Let's be honest. A and M should had no business being number one in recruiting. Um, right. I mean, come on. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe maybe something changed over there. Uh, that was legit. Probably not. It's just that they can offer all this money now. So yeah, they need to do something about it. They need to figure out a way to have some sort of regulations to like. Hey, you can only offer this amount, you know, to a player, or you have this much to spend, and you can only use this much, you know, on on players. Kind of yeah. almost like a uh, cap, like they have, you know, in the major league, yeah. like uh, major sports. So, I don't know. They need to do something about it. I'd also like to see a, a like a minimum 
put in too, where all players make a certain amount at the very least. I think that'd be, I think that's important to make sure that it, it, it is kind of a little evenly spread. I think that'd be nice. Yeah. But uh, this week in a press conference, Nick Saban laid into the Alabama second string players saying, quote, the second group, both sides of the ball, lacks uh, lots of mental errors, still lots of struggles, lack of confidence in terms of how they play and how they execute. Obviously, we need to get more guys that can play winning football. Uh, you know, this is not this is not not unusual for uh, Nick Saban to say things like this to get his team riled up. Um, but it is always interesting, I think, when he targets a specific group that isn't necessarily your main playmakers yeah. and challenges them. Because that's, I mean, that is how you get better, and you, you know, you embarrass them all in public. That helps too, I think. So. I don't think it's anything to panic about, but I do think it's it's interesting whenever he does things like this. Yeah, I mean, he does it all the time. It's nothing new. Um, I don't know if yeah. I brought this up about Nick Saban a couple of weeks ago. Did you see that thing where um, Feinbaum actually stopped uh, kissing all over him and said something bad about him? You know, how he um, anytime he loses uh, a national championship or uh, something, yeah, he, he makes the excuse of the rebuilding year or something. That's what he said about last year was a yeah. rebuilding year. Like, come yeah. on. It was not a rebuilding year. You've never had a rebuilding year. Yeah. It's not in the traditional sense. It's not. So I mean, if you have that kind of power. Now, I, I like I get why somebody could make an argument that it was because your two leaders were sophomores, but you still have more talent than everyone else outside of Georgia. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't want to hear but, that yeah, coming from fine. a guy that has yeah. yeah the best class just about every single year. Um just say, hey, we weren't good enough. We had some other, uh, you know, <laughs> I would have been fine with the injury yeah. thing because, I mean, that makes sense too. You had some guys go down, but oh, yeah. I don't want to hear yeah. a rebuilding year because that was not a rebuilding year. Well, we had the uh, the official AP Top 25 preseason college football poll come out. Would you like to uh, to go through this very quickly? Yeah, I know it'll be garbage for some teams. Well, the, the top three, no surprise here, Alabama number one, Ohio State number two, Georgia number three, um, number four is Clemson. Despite having a, a somewhat of a off year last year, still had ten wins, but yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, number five is Notre Dame. Huh. That one's interesting because they have a new coach, but still great roster. Uh, number six, Texas A and M. After going eight and four, uh, huh. they did have a big recruiting class. Would you have them higher or lower there? Lower. Come on. Same. Yeah, maybe number 10 or so. Number seven, Utah. Uh, number eight, Michigan. Everybody's number always nine, high on Utah. <laughs> yeah, they want, everybody wants them to be good, don't they? Yeah. Uh, and number 10, Baylor. Which rounds out the top 10. I'll make a, a thing about Ohio State, too. They do the same thing with Ohio State. And I saw someone say, which was, was kind of interesting, um, you know, say Ohio State doesn't win national championship this year. You could probably say they're one of the more underperforming, like you think of big teams in college football. Ohio State, it's, it just seems like it's every single season. Like, oh, this is going to be Ohio State's year. This is the year. They're going to win it this year. And it's the same crap every year. They find a way to lose some games that they shouldn't lose. So, I mean, I almost agree with that statement that they're probably one of the more underperforming teams of this past decade when you think of all the hype they have every single year. Yeah, I'd say uh, Michigan beats them out in that regard, but uh, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, so in the top ten, we have 
three SEC teams plus one potential in Oklahoma who will become one in a few years. Uh, so pretty good. Number 11 through 15, we have Oregon, Oklahoma State, North Carolina State, USC, and Michigan State. Uh, USC is – they're getting too much pressure put on them. Pretty it's high too after much. just a losing season. needs to calm down. Yeah. 16 through 20, we have Miami, Pittsburgh, Wisconsin, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Ole Miss at 21. Actually went over one. So uh, then to wrap it up, Wake Forest, Cincinnati, Houston at 24, and BYU at 25. So overall, let's let's count the SEC teams here. One, two, three. Surprised they didn't throw Texas in that top 25. Right. So it looks like six SEC teams in the top 25. Um, no Auburn, not in the top it's 25. Fine with me. No. Yeah, you, you prefer, I the, prefer uh, that. the underdog years. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's where we're at with the preseason top uh, 25. Obviously, none of these should even like really exist until week four because nobody knows what the teams look like until week Yeah, I'm still surprised but, that uh, they, um, still they still do these preseason uh, polls. I guess just for the hype oh, of them, e- you know. But the hype and people read them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're crap stuff, all the though. time. Okay, well, Justin, we have to transition into our next segment. It's time to look at the weird news of the week in our next segment, Mismanagers. Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad. Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had. Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers. Audacity and specialty and news to drive you mad. It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive in a world of, world of mismanagers. All right, Crack.com has made my week easy because they have assembled a list of the 25 weird news stories that will make future anthropologists blush, Uh, which I think is fun. I'm not going to read all 25 of these, but I will pick out some of them as we go through. Um, Number 24, this happened recently. A vegetarian Cracker Barrel menu item is being derided as woke online. What menu item? Uh... A plant-based sausage made by Impossible Foods uh, is causing a dramatic stir online by people absolutely under no obligation to even order and eat it. Uh, yeah, I guess they're just mad because it's Cracker Barrel uh, and they have a, a vegetarian item, but I think that's okay. I think you're. I mean, to yeah, serve the I'm not going to get it, menu. but yeah, I mean, you can yeah. if you want to put it on your menu. Go ahead. It doesn't offend me. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I don't think I've that's ever had wild. food uh, offend me. Um, yeah, me neither. That's, yeah, that's a little on the. It's uh, <laughs> a little much. <laughs> uh, number twenty-two. The shortest day ever recorded was due to the Earth spinning faster than usual. Did you hear about this? Uh, I did not. So on June 29th, just recently, Earth experienced a day that was one point five nine milliseconds less than twenty-four hours. The apparent speed up of Earth's rotation could be attributed to the Chandler wobble. Uh, could the day be any shorter? So, had a shorter day, January 29th, just, or June 29th, just a little little shorter there. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear about that. Interesting. Interesting. An Australian artist flung a pickle onto a uh, gallery ceiling and listed it for $6,329. See, this is getting out of hand. So out of <laughs> hand. You know how creative we were, you know, thousands of years ago? You, know, you had the Renaissance, you had these um great statues that they made of um you know roman greek statues that they would make and just things and the, the buildings they they made you know it was just 
it was, I don't even know, it, it's almost hard to describe. It's just so amazing. And now we've come to the point where we throw a pickle on a ceiling and we think that's art. <laughs> you see how much of a well, downfall most, that is? <laughs> this most recent work is intentionally designed to question what art has value and what doesn't. So, Oh, gosh. it's This is terrible. What a down spiral from where we used to be. How about this? A woman stabbed her husband because she didn't realize the woman he was pictured with was her. Oh, my word. What a psycho. That just sounds like an excuse to stab him. <laughs> the photo of the couple was taken years ago when they were dating. It turns out that she misidentified her younger self with another woman, prompting multiple stabbings. Yeah, I, 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 that, there's no excuse for that. She just sounds like she's insane. Yep. I heard about this. This happened recently. Someone gave an 11-year-old a counterfeit $100 bill for lemonade, oh. asked for exact change, yeah. got $85 <laughs> stolen from the boy. I saw that. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. That is terrible. People are getting smart uh, Let's see. Uh, this is a good. This happened recently. Donald Trump endorsed one of three possible Eric's in the Missouri primary. Did you hear about this? Of three possible Eric's. <laughs> three three people named Eric are running, and Trump said he was quote proud to announce that Eric has my complete and total endorsement. <laughs> Which one could it be? <laughs> uh, apparently, two of them claim the the honor for oh, themselves. Oh, of course. <laughs> A party has a massive party has left Tonto National Forest covered in poop. Ew. Thousands of people converged in the desert, shooting guns, driving and crashing off-road vehicles, dancing to a live band, and pooping in mass in the uh, the ecosystem there. Just pooping on the ground? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe that'll be good for the ecosystem there. <laughs> a lawyer was ch- was chastised by the judge for not playing enough Call of Duty. Okay. Uh, Brooks Entertainment's lawyer made the case that Activision ripped off his client's character in Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, but failed to do his diligence by simply playing the game for an hour to check. <laughs> ah, well, I guess that's a good point. You know, you're not doing your research. Yeah. Mm. Justin, you ever played The Sims? I have. Yeah, I have it on PlayStation. I mean, I haven't played it in a long time, but... Which one do you play? The Sims 4? Yeah, 4. Well, The Sims 4, they recently uh, fixed a bug that causes uh, that causes incest. Oh, in I heard about that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. golly, how in the world do you let that happen? So the game recently rolled out an update that gave Sims unintentional incestual urges. <laughs> EA released a patch that says the, quote, ask to be girlfriend, boyfriend, once, uh, want now targets appropriate Sims, mm. not relatives. That's good. Thank goodness. EA screwing up mm. something as usual. Shocker. Uh, Ohio parents tried tied up their child so he didn't get into the candy as they slept. Okay. Jason Tabitha Sonsawicz was arrested after police received a call stating a child had been tied up in one of the rooms. Officers found the 12-year-old uh, hogtied with shoestrings. Jeez. That's insanity. That is crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. The Hong Kong Food Expo has uh, banned eating. Oh, Okay. Uh, thanks to COVID regulations, visitors will not be allowed to sample the delicacies of Hong Kong's annual exhibition of global gourmet food for the second year in a row. Uh, well, why in the world do you even have well, it in the first place? What's the Yeah, point? why have it? It's so stupid. <laughs> right. Gosh, man. 
A Louisiana man was arrested for possession of meth and too many sharks. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Um, I think it was on a uh, boat, wasn't it? He had caught too many sharks. A Nudalirat, 44-year-old, was taken into custody in possession of meth and drug paraphernalia, as well as an undersized shark he had fished up. Yeah, I guess mm. he was in the boat. Yeah, what a weird... Yeah. And probably not the best combo. Shark and uh, meth. Uh, let's see what else we got. Yeah. Oh. Uh, a runner at the World Athletics U-20 Championships lost the race when his uh, his privates came out of his pants. Uh, okay. Italy's own Alberto Nonino, an 18-year-old athlete, was doing well in the 400-meter uh, decathlon in Colombia until he awkwardly started tugging at his crotch to keep his uh, his starting pistol in check, they say. Ah. Good. Hmm. What else we have here? I think we have room for one more. Um. Okay. We got to room for two more. Uh. Representative Lauren Boebert said a gun ban could result in Americans eating dogs. Um, I mean, I don't think it would get to that point. I mean, they shouldn't ban guns, but I don't know how the eating dogs thing came into, into conversation. I mean, all you could say is just like, hey, we shouldn't ban guns because it can lead to this. Eating dogs? This is like that a story we had a few months ago where uh, the, that, I think it was a Canadian... A representative said that uh, ice fishing should be banned because it leads to too much prostitution. Oh, yeah. It, it's just like going to the <laughs> extreme. All you could say is just like, hey, you know, let's not ban guns because of this. Eating dogs? Like, where does that come into the picture? <laughs> and last one of the week. Uh, the Batgirl movie that had been filmed, edited, it was done. Uh, it's so bad that it's not going to be released. Oh, I saw that. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Who thought Batgirl was going to be a yeah. good movie? I'd love to see a good Batgirl movie, but I don't trust Warner Brothers to do a yeah, good job. I think it. we all knew that was not. Because she's be a, a good very movie. interesting character, and they're going to have Mike. They already they had Michael Keaton that was going to show up in it as Batman, um, and then it just apparently was really bad. They said <laughs> it's uh, no plans to release the movie in theaters or HBO Max. Uh, because studio leadership believes the movie just did not work. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of money wasted. I did see. Wow. Uh, did you see uh, about the World Games that um, came in fourteen million short? So uh, they're asking Jefferson yeah. County to cover four million. Yeah, that's brutal, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm so supposed to bring the. Yeah, it's supposed to bring money, not lose. Not money. lose money, but I saw this coming. I mean, nobody knew about the World Games, and who wants to come to Birmingham for the World Games in the first place? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't marketed super well, no. I don't think. I didn't realize it had started and it's like my job to keep up with that kind of stuff. So Well see, and I, don't know. I didn't the only time I ever saw anything about it was the dumb sign where you know you come back into Alabama, welcome to Alabama, it says home of the world games. That's the only time that's probably the first time I heard yeah. about it. I was like, Oh, we have the world games coming up. Cool. Wish I knew what it was. Well, we do have to go to a break, but when we come back, we're going to uh, look at the Week Zero games, give some predictions on those, and uh, and maybe break them down a bit. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Yep, it's me, Justin. All right, well, we are entering week zero, the college football season, coming up this Saturday. And although most teams start the following week, we will get some games uh, in this Saturday. I thought we could go through some of them, make some light predictions, even getting one SEC team playing, although it is the worst one. Hmm. Let's, let's get into it. Saturday, August 27th, coming up at 11 a.m. kickoff on CBS, we have Austin P and Western Kentucky. Um, now, look, this is not the most exciting game, I, I'm aware, but I'm excited just to have games back in general. Yeah, you Western say? Kentucky, um, they had a pretty good season last year, and um, I don't think they're returning their quarterback, though, who broke all those records. Um, he's not yeah. back, is he? I have no idea. Because he broke like the NCAA record for most passing yards or like touchdowns in a season. Um, I don't think he's back again. My my guess is that he probably entered the draft, I, and I don't know if he got drafted or or not, but I wasn't sure if he stayed for another season or what year he was. This is interesting because usually Western Kentucky is the cupcake team first week for a different team, but they're actually they're getting their own cupcake in uh in Austin P. They're a ninety four point five percent favorite to beat Austin P in this game. And you can get tickets for as low as nineteen dollars, Justin, if you'd like to attend. Heck yeah, let's go. Okay. Uh, next on the list, we have Nebraska, and um, we have Nebraska playing Northwestern at Northwestern. Um, Nebraska, we're going to have some Nebraska news here later in the episode, but they've got they've really got to get together. It's amazing to me that Scott Frost is still there. This is it, though, right? If he doesn't have a good season, this is it for him. Well, they're, they hype up Nebraska all the time, too. Um, so my guess is, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't, if he has another losing season, yeah, he's gone for sure. Yeah. Well, Nebraska is a 78.7% favorite, according to the ESPN matchup predictor. And you can get those tickets for as low as $116. Holy Insane crap. to me. crap. What a ripoff. Insane to me. And it's not even at Nebraska. It's at Northwestern. Oh. See, that, that, yeah. make, that makes zero sense. Right. Uh, we have another game. Uh, this one is at 2.30. Idaho State and UNLV. Mm. UNLV sucked last year. I don't even know if they won a um, conference game or not in the Mountain West. Um, uh, let's see. Out of their last five games, they lost three. They beat Hawaii okay. and New Mexico. Lost to Nevada, San Diego State, and Air Force. Yeah, I know they weren't very good last year. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know anything about Idaho State, so I would guess UNLV would hopefully win that game. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about I, Idaho State. They had one win last season. Mm, yeah, hopefully UNLV um, finds a way to win that game. Yeah, yeah. they are a uh, 93% favorite, okay. UNLV is. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, UConn uh, at uh, Utah State at 3 p.m. Uh, uh, Utah State is a 90.6% yeah, favorite. that's a Utah State. But, yeah. Those tickets are ten bucks. Heck get yeah, those a little cheaper than Nebraska North Northwestern. We can go to that one too, Justin. We can afford that one. Uh, Three p.m. as well uh, on the Big Ten Network. We have Wyoming and Illinois. That might um, be an interesting one, actually. I guess I don't know. Is uh, what's his name still <laughs> coach at Illinois? The old big dude. Uh, maybe that was at Arkansas for a while or a couple seasons, whatever. 
Um, Can't think of his name. Yeah, 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 I think so. I okay. think so. I believe so. Yeah, so that's a uh, Illinois is a seventy-five point one percent favorite. Those tickets are nine dollars, even cheaper. Wow. I don't know how to say the school's name. Uh, Dequesne. Never even heard of them. Yeah, well, they're playing at Florida State. Uh, do you want to guess what percent they have of winning according to ESPN matchup prediction? I mean, it's got to be below one. <laughs> it's the lowest I've ever seen. Zero point five percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that is insane. Yeah, watch Florida State lose it too. It wouldn't shock me one bit with how bad Florida State <laughs> yeah, is. Right. Yeah, fourteen uh, fourteen dollars for a ticket there. Mm. That's wild. I mean, that's crazy. For a Florida State game is fourteen dollars. That's pretty good. Uh, okay, how about Charlotte and FAU? FAU is a 67.6% favorite. Tickets as low as $8. It's at FAU. Um, the old stomping grounds of Lane Kiffin back in the day. Don't know who's there now. I have no idea, but I think Charlotte had a pretty good uh, season last year. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Let's go Charlotte. Oh yeah, we're supposed to be predicting these. Oh, we found a we found a, a predictor that's even lower than the point uh, five. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, this is Florida A and M at North Carolina. Oh yeah. Want to guess their percentage? I guess Florida A and M's probably got like a point uh, three chance. Point four. Point mm, four. That's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah F A. What would you say? Florida A and M. Yeah, they're. I don't even think they're D one. They're like FCS, aren't they? They have the ugliest logo I've ever seen. It's of a snake that's just the worst color scheme. Yeah, I've I, ever seen. I think they're FCS. They're not even D one, so I guess yeah. that makes sense. We got North Texas at UTEP. This is a this is mm. a more closely played game. That's what I said. Sixty point one percent for UNT. That may be a good one. I'll go uh, UTEP. I like UTEP. Okay, UTEP. Very good. Very good. Uh, the spread is even, it says, but UNT is a one-point favorite. Okay, that seems about, pick center. That seems fair. Yeah, very good. I'll take UTEP as well. It's got a big upset week one over UTEP. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a big upset, but uh, nine p.m. that night, not televised, I don't think. Uh, Nevada at New Mexico State. Mm, I think Nevada is going to have a down year because you know Nevada had their top quarterback last year, and he left for the draft. Um, you said they're playing New Mexico State, but oh, New Mexico State usually sucks too. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to say Nevada. Nevada is the favorite, according to ESPN, 78.2% chance of winning, 9-point uh, consensus pick on the spread yeah. there. I don't know who's starting for Nevada now, because like I said, the dude they had last year was pretty good. He's He was like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, had a good arm. Um, gosh, I can't think of his name. And I don't know where he got drafted to, but um, he was pretty good. Nevada, I think, had a decent year last year. All right, and to wrap it up, the big one, the SEC game of the week. Are you ready for this? Oh, it's a late game. 9.30 p.m. Wow. It's happening in Hawaii, at Hawaii, and that's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's playing road. Hawaii? At Hawaii, That's yes. a weird opener. For an SEC team. Right. Well, how did they, yeah. they schedule that? Um, and this is interesting because ESPN and the uh, the bookers, they don't agree on this here. So ESPN says Hawaii has a 72% chance of winning. Okay. Uh, but the spread is Vanderbilt with six and a half points. 
Jeez, Vanderbilt's a six and a half point favorite. Now I know there's a lot of crap going on in Hawaii this past off season and Right, they lost all their players yeah, and so, coach and everything. This yeah. this actually could be interesting. Um I'm actually gonna go with Vanderbilt, surprisingly. I think they'll open up yeah, with the win. I will too. But that may yeah. be one of their only wins this season. <laughs> they gotta also not party too much out in Hawaii too. That'll be tough. Yeah, I was about to say well. Vanderbilt going to Hawaii. I mean, have they ever played Hawaii? I doubt it. It just seems like a I, that weird matchup. Like, yeah. Um, you can get tickets for $41 if you'd like to go. It's a little expensive for me, but... <laughs> Do you know how many uh, how many fans can be held in their stadium? Did they just get a new stadium, or are they still in the same stadium? I think it's the same stadium. Um, doesn't it hold a pretty good bit, or does it not hold a lot at all? I thought it did, but uh, 9,000 is all no it holds. No way. Yeah, according to ESPN. That doesn't seem that's, like it's uh, that's right. It. Yeah. That's weird. Okay, well, that is week zero. Um, not a lot of exciting games, I'll be honest, but it's going to be nice to have some football back once again. Yeah. Uh, and that Vanderbilt game is actually kind of fun. That's going to be fun, I think. So yeah, I mean, that's to that interesting. One, if nothing else. So I'll probably yeah, check that out sure. just to see Hawaii play, see if they're any good. I don't really care about watching Vanderbilt play. Well, Justin, we've got to move along. It's time for our next segment. Let's go learn a thing or two in the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. What are we learning today, Professor? All right, well, since you just had the preseason poll come out, I figured we'd look at um, the teams with the most AP Top 25 preseason poll appearances. Oh, very nice. So we've got a top 10 list here. All right, number 10. This is actually pretty surprising, I guess, considering now they haven't been good for a long time. But number 10 is Tennessee with 42. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, now, this is just Top 25 ratings, right? Anywhere yeah, it's the, the most 25. time they've appeared in the Top 25 preseason poll. So they've appeared 42 okay, just times. Okay, Yeah. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So percent of polls, 57 and a half. Average ranking is usually 12. And the highest was number one probably when they came off winning the uh, national championship or the year before that. Okay. And number nine, I guess this makes sense because they had really good days back in the you know 80s, 90s. Uh, Nebraska with 46. Yep, yeah. That makes um, sense. Average ranking is 8.3 and highest ranking was number one. Mm. Uh, let's see. Last time they were in the top twenty-five, looks like it was twenty nineteen. Came in at number twenty-four. Yeah, probably that would have been probably Scott Frost's first or second year. Yep. Probably All right. First year. Another yeah. one that makes sense because they had plenty of glory days back in the day. Uh, Penn State with forty-eight. Oh, their yeah, average ranking sure. is eleven, and their highest ranking was number one. All right. Another one. Uh, Michigan. They've had fifty-one appearances. Uh, 70% of the polls, average ranking is 7.7, and their highest has been number one. Is there anyone on this list that their highest is not number one? Well, we'll find out. Probably not, okay, though. I would excited. think probably no. Oh, no. Here's yeah. one right here, actually. Oh, okay, very good. Uh, Texas, they've had 55 appearances, percent of polls, 75, average ranking is nine, and their highest ranking has been number two in the preseason poll. Really? Yeah. That's surprising that they've never been a preseason number one. Never been a preseason number one. Wow. That's crazy. All right. Number five, Alabama. 
uh, 56. Their percent of polls is 76. Average ranking 7, and highest ranking, obviously, has been number 1. Um, let's and see. the most recent. So Alabama didn't feature in the debut polls only six of the years since 1950. <laughs> Before those, coming from 2002 to 2007, the glory years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Uh, all right, number four, Notre Dame. They've had 59 appearances. Percent of polls, um, 80. Average ranking is nine. And highest ranking has been number one. Um, next one, USC, shocker, uh, 61 appearances, percent of the polls, 83, average ranking has been a 9.8, and highest ranking has been number one. Makes sense. All right, next one, Oklahoma, with 64 appearances, percent of polls, 87, average ranking has been a 6, and highest ranking has been number one. All right, and then number one, who do you think is number one on this list? Number one. Um, trying to think who we haven't picked, who we haven't said yet. So we've said Oklahoma, with... we've said uh, USC, yeah. Notre Dame, Alabama, Texas, Michigan, Penn State, Nebraska, Tennessee. Tennessee is a weird one on this list because you don't think of them as like a, um, like one of those – pristine programs you know tennessee's just kind of like an odd ball on here yeah that one that one is very interesting to me okay let me think so he said i mean oh that's it's probably ohio state right ding 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 ohio state with yeah. 69 appearances now, i don't know when they nice. this article was done so let's see oh it was just august 16th so just the other day um so yeah 69 for ohio state 94 and a half percent of the polls average rankings eight Highest ranking number one. So, yep, that makes sense. Checks out. Yep. So yeah, very interesting. I was trying to think. I was like, who am I missing? List. Yeah. Like I said, most of these teams though have not been good as of like USC, um, Texas, um, Michigan, Penn State, Nebraska, and Tennessee are all teams that are no longer really yeah. competitive. But you know, I guess right. back in the day they were just so dominant that. They have a lot of numbers to back it up, but not recently. So, be interesting to see yeah, if these teams, are teams are passed at some point. Yeah, and they probably will be. But those those are also all teams that are too big to stay down forever. Yeah, They'll like bounce back at some point. Like Texas and USC will bounce back. Um, who's another one on here? I, I don't think Tennessee will bounce back. Um, Michigan and Penn State will probably have some good years down the road at some point. But Nebraska, I don't see them ever bouncing back. Yeah, Nebraska's in a bad area. That's that's what uh what hurts them. Yeah, it's just um I mean they had their good years and there's no way they can repeat that anymore. Okay, well we have to go to a break, but when we come back we're going to give out the most prestigious weekly awards in the sports world, the TG Emmys. So stick with us. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the TG Emmys, hosted by the Game Managers. I am Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Oh, good evening. And we are about to give out the most prestigious awards in the sports world. I'm going to start out with the first one here. 
This is the award for Weirdest Flex. And it goes to... Dun, 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 dun. Nebraska head coach Scott Frost, who said this week he bragged that his linemen puke 15 to 20 times per practice. Why would you even bring that up? <laughs> I don't know if he means his entire line unit pukes that many times or if each lineman pukes 15 to 20 times. Well, Hopefully not each lineman or something's wrong. As I was to say, it sounds like you're either, um, your trainers aren't doing something right, the nut- nutritionists and everything. <laughs> Um, either you're not yeah. hydrating these guys right or they're not eating right off the field. Um, so, yeah, that's not something I'd probably bring up and be like, yeah, they, they puke so much, man. Because that's not healthy. <laughs> Last time I checked. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a weird thing to, to talk about. I mean, is but, he trying uh, to say, yeah, oh, man, they work so hard that they puke all the time? <laughs> Maybe that's what he was trying to say. I didn't read the whole quote. I just saw the snippet and was like, yeah, that's enough. Yeah, so, I don't want to read anymore. I don't know what the full thing was about. But, uh, but yeah, Justin, what a word do you have? Um, mine is you're on thin ice already, and the season hasn't even started. Um, that goes to Brian Harson um, because I keep seeing these reports of TJ Finley is the favorite to win the QB battle, and it is making me sick because if he wins this quarterback battle, what's going to happen is you have two cupcakes to start the year, and then he's gonna, he'll probably look good. We'll be like, oh, man, yeah. He was the right choice. And then here comes Penn State, and he's going to have a big flop. And we're going to probably get crushed. And it's going to be like, huh, wow, we've got two talented quarterbacks on the bench that have both transferred in to compete for this battle in Calzada and Ashford. And yet we go with the other goofball that can't even move around in the pocket. He's like um, he's like a brick wall. that just He's just stuck right there. He can't go anywhere. Um, it has a terrible arm, too. So it makes zero sense. So if he finds a way into starting this season, we're doomed. I have no, <laughs> I've lost trust in Arson at that point because obviously he can't make the correct decision at quarterback. After, I mean, I think everybody saw enough last year when he had to come in and play. Did we not? So if it's not Calzada or Ashford, it's not looking good. Uh, going back really quickly to the Nebraska head coach Scott Frost saying that his lineman puked 15 to 20 times per practice. It was a brag, and you were right. He was saying, this is the quote, it's not because they're not in shape. He's he's just working them hard, Frost said. I think they love it. He's kind of freed them up to be aggressive, and I love the way they're coming off the ball. See, I, so, I yeah, don't think bragging. I want to brag about yeah. that, though, because if they're working hard, though, you shouldn't be throwing up all the time. You should be <laughs> right. hydrated correctly or eating correctly off the field. Yeah where even when you're working hard, you're not puking all the time. So I still don't think that's a brag. Yeah. No, I don't either. I think that was a weird thing to say. Yeah. All right, best of the week. This award goes to, uh, you know what? It, I, I'm giving it to to Dana White and John Gruden, although this isn't the best oh. thing that's happened. It is the most like interesting thing. It should, this probably should be the most interesting thing of the week. Yeah, either, uh, Dana White. Either it was BS or he was telling the truth. Well, Dana White and Gronk have both confirmed that in 2020, White put together a deal to bring Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to the Raiders, but then head coach John Gruden blew it up at the last second. Uh, how insane is that, that Gruden didn't <laughs> want those guys and that that almost happened? You know the only thing that I can see is that Gruden is very um, committed to uh, – he was very committed to Derek Carr, and I think he really liked him, yeah. and he didn't want to break that up. Um, 
and that makes sense. I think you want somebody that's young like Derek Carr, and then you don't bring in Tom Brady, who's you know coming to the end of his career. Um, so that part makes sense. And I don't know. I mean, it, obviously it's a risk when you get Tom Brady, but I mean, work for the Bucks just because of all the talent they have. I don't know if it would have worked for the Raiders though, because I don't think they had enough talent yeah. wide receiver wise, um, or had the defense like the Bucks have either. So I don't know if it would have worked or not. So maybe that's why he turned it down. Just didn't make sense. If he would have uh, went along with it, he may still have his job. Maybe uh, I I don't know though. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be a certain thing, but he'd have a better chance of having his job still. But you know, it's also one of those stories, too, that's like, is this just complete BS? Um, yeah, it could be. But I don't be. know. Uh, Bust of the week. We're giving this to uh, Fox Sports for agreeing to bring back Urban Meyer as an analyst for the Big Noon kickoff pregame show. He, he'll why? have a free job there every single year. He'll always be back. Yeah, but, but just why? Why do you keep bringing him back? I mean, they have Michael. They have there? Michael Vick on the show too. <laughs> That's that. Do they really? Yeah, Michael Vick is on the uh, Big Noon stuff too, or he he oh, does stuff that. with Fox. Yeah, so crazy. yeah, Michael Vick and Urban yeah. Meyer, two stand-up guys. Yeah, I'd say Michael Vick's probably worse than Urban Meyer, but uh, either way, not not great. Okay, well, we got to move on to our last segment, Listener Letters. Go getters, write letters. We're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters. The letters wrote by you. We are reading letters. The letters wrote by you. If you'd like to write us a letter, you can write one to GameManagersPod at gmail.com or Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod. Logan wrote us one this week. He says... Who is your dark horse for 2022? All right. What? Who is your dark horse? Do you have one off the top of your head there, Justin? You're probably hoping Auburn is your dark horse. But. <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. Um, dark horse? Uh, you know, I'm going to pull up a list here. Yeah. I'm going to say Clemson. Yeah. Clemson? Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, uh, I mean, there's somebody that could have a really good bounce back year. And um, could easily win the ACC, and then you know make it into the playoff and possibly make a run, because um, I don't think you know I know they're in preseason poll top five at number four, but I don't think anybody's really thinking about them to be in the playoff at the come to the end of the year. I know right now, like like we've said, it's been USC. A lot of people are hoping they somehow make the playoff and win it all. Um, but I can see Clemson kind of being that team that you know shouldn't be underrated because I mean they. Obviously, have the talent every single season. My only issue with Clemson, though, is that the quarterback they have, um, that Hawaiian guy, I don't know if I really trust him to get the job done if he's the one starting. Um, so, but yeah, I guess they could, or maybe um, I could see, I'm, but I, I don't know if they're considered a dark horse, though, because Arkansas is being talked about a lot, too. But I could see Arkansas having a pretty good year. Yeah, I could too. I could see Arkansas. I could see um, Tennessee being a dark horse for the East. Yes, Possibly, East. yeah. Them or Kentucky. I mean, it's hard to say Kentucky, but I, I mean, Kentucky could have a good year. But people have been, oh yeah, saying Kentucky's going to have a good year and win the East for the past few seasons, and then it still hasn't happened yet because you got to compete with Georgia. This comes from um Long Longhorns Wire USA Today. Five uh, dark horse twenty twenty two college football playoff contenders, possible ones. Uh, Baylor, they say. No. Uh, NC State. No. 
Ole Miss. Uh, maybe. Texas. Uh, that's that's a uh, that's a big dark horse right there. I think they just had to put it because this is by Longhorns Wire. Yeah. And Utah. I don't know if I consider Utah a dark horse though, because they always throw them in the top ten preseason poll. Yeah. I mean, now I will say right. this is this year is Utah's best chance to make it just because the Pac-12 is so weak now with kind of Oregon being that afterthought, I believe, this season. Um, I think Utah's bringing back a lot of players from their run to the Rose Bowl. Um, so, I, I mean, this is their perfect opportunity to go undefeated and win the Pac-12. Then they should make it into the top four. So, But I don't see a better opportunity than this year for them. Oh, we have another letter. This is from Jack. Thank you, Logan. Jack asks, well, yeah, thank you, Logan, for that letter. Uh, Jack says, uh, do you think there should be a women's alternative for football, like how softball exists uh, with baseball, or should the leagues be integrated? Jack. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, they already have a women's league, don't they? Arena football? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they're wanting something a little more uh, more traditional than uh, – <laughs> than that yeah i don't i don't think there'll be a traditional i mean that's possibility um but i don't know is there really as much as interest from i don't know if there is from from women like who want to go out and play football i think the more interest is in like soccer i think more people would want to see interest in like women's soccer or um something yeah and i think that I think that's that's possible too, and I, I actually we had a discussion about this in my class recently, and I asked the girls in the class. I said if there was a a female uh, only football league, like how there is with softball, you know, it'd be kind of different rules and different things. Like how softball is a different sport than baseball. If there was a version of that for football. Would y'all play it? And a lot of them said yes, they would. They'd prefer that mm-hmm. over an integrated. League. Yeah, I think I both. I, should, I think both can exist, though. All right. Well, thank you, Logan and Jack, uh, for messaging in. Like, if you want to be like Logan and Jack, you can do so by emailing us at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com or reaching us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Just shoot us a message on those. But Justin, that wraps up the show, I believe, for the week. Next week, we'll be reviewing Week Zero, previewing Week One, the big stuff mm. happening then. So. Exciting times to be alive, Justin. That's right. It's all back again. It's like it never gotta, left. You got to cut my my cable back on this week. Can't wait. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Got to get that back into uh, setup mode. All right. Well, thank all you all right. for listening, uh, and we will see you next week. Yeah, you'll have a great week getting ready for some football. And, hey, War Eagle anyways. Blue 42! Blue 42! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara.